St. Paul tells us today, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. My dear Christian friends, growing up on a farm as the oldest child, it was often my job to go out late at night to feed the animals. And because it was just a small farm, we had a single light pole with shining light onto the barn. And so it could be kind of eerie and spooky on those fall evenings. And if that wasn't bad enough, we had a really mean white rooster with big long spurs on his legs. And he liked to sit up in the rafters of the barn and dive bomb at my head. And so while looking up here, I also had to look down here. Because we also had an angry mother sheep that liked to run into people. And so if you weren't watching, she would run up behind and hit you in the behind. Well, even without that kamikaze chicken and that ramming you, it was still spooky and eerie because it was dark. And I imagine that there were all kinds of ghosts and demons all around in the darkness. As, I, as a kid, I imagined, though devils all the farms should fill, all eager to devour me. Now, to keep that rooster and sheep at bay, I would carry a pitchfork with me because I was a smart farm kid. But to keep the ghosts and the demons at bay, a pitchfork isn't going to do anything. But I was a smart Lutheran farm kid. And so I knew a number of hymns, and so I would belt out a good Lutheran hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Because I figured that two things were going to happen because I wasn't any better of a singer back then than I am now. And so I figured the demons would cover their ears and then they would also run away shrieking because now Jesus Christ, the valiant one, was there in the darkness with me. Martin Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, that we just sang, that became the battle hymn of the Lutheran Reformation. The imagery of this famous hymn is based on Psalm 46 that we sang earlier. The key verses that that hymn is based on are these. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Luther's hymn tells an encapsulating story of Psalm 46. Stanza 1 is about the story of salvation from beginning to end in verse 2. The valiant one, Jesus Christ, shows up. Verse Stanza 3 is mentioning that the world is filled with devils and the old evil foe. But then stanza 4, Luther writes that Christ's cross has beaten that old evil foe. And as we make our way to our heavenly home, and all along the way, we are strengthened by God's grace as we hide in the refuge of his mighty fortress. However, the battle hymn of our lives is much different and, is, and has a discordant melody. The title of that hymn could be, An Unmighty Fort is Our Life. 
You see, because of our sinful nature, we were born outside of God's mighty fortress, and we began to build a fort of our own. This one is not built by God, but it is rather owned by the devil. It is a ramshackle building that is surrounded by a dried-up moat. We build up this little fort with our good works and our splendid deeds, with works that aren't very good and deeds that are not splendid. But we can see God's mighty fortress nearby across the plain. Our fort looks nothing like that mighty fortress. We are like worker bees. We strive and work and climb, building our own Tower of Babel, a monument to our own glory. And while we're so busy inside of this fort, we forget to look over across at the other fort. Because if we'd take the time to look, we'd see that there's a gate that is always wide open. And there's a sign above that gate that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Inside of our own fort, it's kind of chilly. And that's because we're like Adam and Eve. We're naked, except for the fig leaves of our own righteousness that we try to cover ourselves with. And we're often finding ourselves hiding within this fort, not from a cranky chicken or a spiteful sheep, but from the almighty and the all-righteous God of heaven and earth. We hunker down behind a forest of flimsy lies to hide ourselves in vain from the godly judgment that we know that we deserve. The old evil foe who means deadly woe bids us to build this fort upon the shifting sands of weekend sports and time away from church and busyness away from God's word and sacraments. The ground beneath us is constantly shaking because we have built our foundation upon ourselves. We know that we're not perfect, but we still think that we're good enough to get ourselves into heaven. And that's the reason why we as Christians and so many other Christians aren't in church every chance that we can get. We feel that we don't regularly need what God is handing out freely over at his mighty fortress. And while all of this is going on in our decrepit fort, we can see that God's mighty fortress is built upon the solid foundation of God's apostles and his prophets. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we don't really need them. We beat ourselves up as we devour our lives, pursuing egotism and pleasures of the self, which are only fattening us up for the damnation that is to come. And so we go around belting out the dystopian tune, an unmighty fort is our lives. We do that with our voices, but we also do that with our actions. Friends, no truer words could ever have been written than what Luther writes in his hymn, with might of ours cannot be done. Soon were our loss effected. From inside of our ramshackle fort, we look across the plain and we see God's mighty fortress. We see the 
drawbridge going down and the gate coming up. We see a brilliant shining out forth from that fortress. And then out rides Jesus Christ, the valiant one, the one whom God himself has elected. His path is certain. His glory is unmatched. He is riding across on his white horse. He is tearing his banner of victory in the wind. And he rushes into our fort to do battle with the master of our domain, that fallen angel of the old evil foe. And it is a mighty battle. It goes on for 40 days and 40 nights. The valiant one, he is wounded with gashes in his hands and his feet are pierced. His side is slit open and yet he deals one final master blow upon the head of that old evil foe. He strikes him down and crushes his skull and then the valiant one stands over the vanquished one. And then the champion calls out because now he's judged. The deed is done. For the champion calls out the devil's real name. Satan, liar, deceiver. And that one little word of Jesus has felled him. Seeing this battle and seeing the victory, you come out of hiding. Chilly, scared, naked, filthy. You ask a very logical question. Who is this? But then across the way from the plain, in that other fortress, you hear the answer to your question. It's an answer that is called out by all of those rescued beggars from all of their derelict forts, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. They're calling out from that mighty fortress. As you ask, who is this? They answer, Jesus Christ it is, the Almighty Lord, and there's no other God. He holds the field forever. And then Jesus Christ, that valiant one, he tears down the derelict walls and he brings you into the safety and security of his mighty fortress. However, deep down we all like being poor beggars. We like that life. And so every morning we sneak out of the mighty fortress, go across the plain and rebuild our derelict shacks. And we take off our white robes of righteousness. We put back on the filthy rags of our righteousness. We cover ourselves with these filthy branches and leaves. We find time to do anything but worship the valiant one who has saved us. We are so in tune with the whispers of the world and the lies of Satan that we forego the precious, life-giving, and soul-saving words and sacraments of the prophet, prophets and apostles. We skimp on hearing the law that shows us our sins. We are then sparse with the application of the gospel that announces the forgiveness of our sins. We slight ourselves out of all of the refuge, strength, and ever-present help in every trouble that God wants to bestow on us. We are addicted to the sugary poisons of the old evil foe. We rarely hunger for the meat that is contained in God's word. 
We are obsessed with the worldly pleasures of this world so we don't go after the heavenly treasures that are contained in the Lord's Supper. We like rolling around in the filth of our own sins and our own supposed righteousness instead of taking daily a bath in baptismal waters. Thankfully, the Reformation is all about rediscovering Jesus Christ who was elected to come down to earth to destroy our flimsy forts and carry us into the warmth and shelter of his mighty fortress. And by God's grace, this is exactly what Jesus Christ does for us daily through repentance and absolution. Daily, Jesus removes the fig leaves that we try to cover ourselves with. And then he covers us with the white robes of his righteousness. With the robes covered with the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world. He takes us into his nail-pierced hands. He carries us back across the plain into the safety of his mighty fortress. He carries us through that mighty fortress, through the door that has been opened wide through his holy life, sacrificial death, and glorious resurrection. He washes us clean of all of our daily filth as he washes us clean in baptismal waters. He spoon-feeds us the manna of his body. And then he holds our lips to the chalice of his blood that has poured forth from his riven side. He has painted every doorway in in his fortress with lamb's blood, with his divinely human blood. And then to prepare us for battle against the devils that all the world should fill and this world's scowling prince, he gives us his good gifts and Holy Spirit. He holds the field forever. Therefore, we will not fear. Though an unmighty fort is our daily life, a mighty fortress is our God. Though a Psalm 46 continues, though this world will change and mountains be thrown into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though mountains may quake and shake, we will not fear. Take they our life, good, fames, fame, child and wife. They can take our reputation, dreams, friends and health. Do what they will, hate, steal, hurt or kill. Though all may be gone, our victory is won. A scared child can be, feel pretty strong as he's carrying a pitchfork and singing out a Lutheran hymn in the darkness. But all you need is that hymn. You can leave the pitchfork aside. Because that hymn based on that psalm, that's in your heart. It is in your heritage. It is on your lips It reminds you of what God accomplished through his reformer, Martin Luther, over 500 years ago. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us in the manger, on the cross, and at God's right hand. The Lord Almighty is with us in his word, his baptism, and his supper. The Lord Almighty is with us 
in the good and the bad, in suffering and persecution, in the crib and on the deathbed. The Lord Almighty is with us, for it is his church, both the church militant and the church triumphant. The church that is daily attacked by the old evil foe and the church that is protected by the valiant one. The Lord Almighty is with us, dead upon the cross and alive out of the tomb. All for you. His death, his resurrection, his ascension, his glory, his law, his gospel, his sacraments. So do not fear. The Lord Almighty is with us. Though all may be gone, our victory is won. The kingdom's ours forever. Amen. Please rise. And Jesus tells you, so if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen.